moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode two of More Moss to the People. Today, since we're a little new at this whole timing thing, I am going to be doing this episode by myself because my interview is scheduled for Thursday and that turnaround time will be way too tight to have a show drop on Friday. And I do not want to set up my podcast production prints for failure. No way. So I'm going to be doing this one by myself. This topic today is something so near and dear to my heart. The purpose of the podcast is to spotlight cool people that have dared to do something different with their life. They've been willing to stand in their integrity. They have opted to slow down or to jump out of the rat race. You understand. You understand the the message, right? I mean, what, what the point of this is. And People who speak out and up for themselves and others, first of all, they're my heroes, even at the cost of not belonging, who that's, that's it right there, even at the cost of not belonging. Now, we are heard people. We are people that need to be included, need to be part of the, of the team. We've got to be a part of something. Otherwise, we're on the outside on the outside, on the outside, which is a terrible place to be, unless it is a conscious choice of being in that place. I'm going to give you some background to where I found myself um, at a time in my life where I couldn't stop what I was doing because I was not even understanding what I was doing to myself. Let's go back in time. So as an adult, I have worked in banking. I have worked in uh, real estate. I was a real estate broker. I have worked in sales. I have sold trinkets and trash. I have worked at a trade association. I have worked in a school as an administrator. And my life up to this point, I it's not going to change now, but 
I chose not to have children. And I didn't choose to have children because I didn't want to have children. Now, that's hard maybe for some people to understand, but that is my life and that was my choice. And um, when I worked at a school with 750 plus students and 80 plus staff members, and my responsibility was to help administrate the school, the functionings, the day-to-day functionings of the school and human resources and helping employees, helping students in work environment problems. I'm sorry, not students, but the employees with work environment problems. And also the students, if they felt like they weren't feeling great, were they being taken care of? In Sweden, it's called Hudzombud. Um, so I was basically an ombudsman for the children and also for the members of staff. Now, now looking backwards, in retrospect, now I can see who I was at the time, but I did not know that I was an empathic human being. And I don't know if you know what that means, but an empath is somebody that feels things very acutely. So that would mean like I feel energies of other people. I feel nuances. I can walk into a room and I can sniff out instantly that there's something going on. What's the rub? I'm looking around. My eyes are like, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because I feel something is wrong or something is really good. Somebody's celebrating something. Somebody's being sneaky. Somebody doesn't feel well. Somebody's this, somebody's that. I can always do this. And I didn't realize that was a gift. It's a gift. And it's also uh, something hard to have because it's very emotionally draining. So I'm also very sensitive to sounds. I'm sensitive to um, extremely loud noises. I've always been petrified of loud cars for some reason, ever since I was a little girl. And now when I was working at the school, I didn't realize that I was so negatively affected by all of the the stimuli around me. So all the students running back and forth and screaming, the staff members being potentially unhappy about something or they were they were in a stressful position in their lives or what have you. Well, what happened was my body started to show me signs of my own stress, which I had never had in my life. I never would have considered myself to be a person that was, ooh, I can't handle stress, has nothing to do with being able to handle stress. It has to hand, It has to do with the fact that my body was showing me these signs that I was completely blind to. So let me give you some examples of these. My um, One day I was having lunch, and it's called a pedagogical lunch. So I get lunch for free. But in order to get that lunch for free, I'd have to sit at a table with students and max one member of staff. And the lunch breaks were maybe 20 minutes. You had to eat very quickly. You had to make sure the kids were doing what they were supposed to be doing. You had to be cordial and still be mindful of everything around you. And, you know, for me, one of my favorite things to do is to enjoy a meal. Well, those meals were, the food was delicious, but the actual moment of sitting and shoveling food down my throat in order to get to the next place was not very um, relaxing for me, I can put it that way. And one day I was hurrying and rushing and I was eating really, really fast, enjoying a lovely lunch and lunch meal as far as the food. And the food got stuck in my throat. The food would not go down. 
Like it was just like sitting there. Like I could breathe. I wasn't going, I wasn't choking, but the food was stuck in my throat. And that lasted for an hour. All right. Now I am not a person that likes to vomit. I have not vomited since 1981. I'm going to knock on some wood. And I was so worried that I was going to have to vomit. But if I had to get this food up or out of me, it's got to, it's going to come out somehow. So finally, because I had stalled so long, I just like kept walking around trying to do something. I sat in the bathroom. I kept, I couldn't drink anything because I didn't want it to get like lodged also. So I just waited for that food to go down. So of course, after an hour, when it finally hit bottom, I was so distraught mentally. I literally had to go home. I, I called my husband. I said, I need you to come and get me. I need to come home and I've got to go to bed. I was so... I, my whole body, my nerve system, my nervous system, I was shot. I was like toast. I had to go lay down and I started over the next day. I'm like, what in the hell was that? So I called my insurance company because I have private insurance here in Sweden that I pay for. And I called my insurance company. I said, there's something wrong. I have something wrong. I had food stuck in my throat for an hour and I need to get myself checked immediately. So they sent me to this fabulous specialist in Stockholm within two days. They did a dye contrast in my throat. I had to swallow. They were doing some kind of an x-ray on me while I was swallowing and all this. And uh, then I went to have the information read by a specialist here in my town a couple of days later. And the gentleman says, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. And they, well, yeah, I mean, the food got stuck. There has to be something wrong. He's like, there's nothing wrong in your throat. He said, I can tell you what it is. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it's stress. Like, oh, stop. Seriously, stress. I mean, why, why would food just stop going down because I was stressed? And he's like, I'm looking in your throat. I'm seeing down your throat. You've done this now test. There's nothing wrong with your throat. So this is how it started. Of course, I literally, I'm like, <laughs> I had so many signs. I'll give you a couple more. I started to get psoriasis. I have never had skin problems in my life. For a year, I had such painful sores on my, the hands of my, the, the bottom of my hands, you know, both hands and the bottom of my feet. A year. And I talked to so many different people to try to figure out what it was. I had a specialist here in town, also through my insurance, and she, for some reason, could not determine what this problem was with me. When we finally had it determined, she said, okay, yeah, you have psoriasis. I'm like, okay, it took a year to figure that out. And she said, yes, you're going to need to use this medicine. And then all of a sudden it goes away. And I'm like, well, what causes psoriasis? She says, stress. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't feel stressed. I don't think this is stress. Okay, so then it goes to, I started having heart palpitations. I started having like I couldn't sleep. I was getting tunnel vision. I was feeling like I was going to faint at my job. And finally, when I went to the emergency room for my heart palpitations, they did a whole checkup on me and they said, you have nothing wrong with your heart, ma'am. You know what it is? And I finished the sentence. Let me guess. Is it stress? <laughs> and they said, uh, yes. Okay. That moment for some reason, that's when it finally hit me. This is not going to work. This isn't going to work for me. I can't work here anymore because if I continue down this path, I'm going to end up dying. 
literally, something's going to happen. I'm going to either die from a heart attack, heart stress. I mean, terrible, terrible things can happen to me because of stress and can happen to you because of stress. So I had to figure out something else. And, you know, that was super scary because I had, this was the only job that I had had since I'd moved to Sweden. I moved to Sweden in 2011. I got this job. I started working as a volunteer in the school, 2012. And then I started uh, fall term 2013. And I worked there for four years. And that was the only job I had had. So I had to make a decision. Is my life and my peace and my happiness more important to me than having a job where I am making a couple thousand dollars a month? And one day I decided to do the numbers. I'm a numbers girl. You know, I, I got a whole bunch of woo, woo, woo. I love the woo, but I'm very practical. I'm very good at thinking through things logically. I'm very good at seeing patterns, which of course, I'm not very good at seeing them in myself, obviously. But I sat down, I pulled the numbers and I'm like, okay, if this is how much I am working and this is how much I am earning, let's break this down per hour. And what am I choosing to hurt my body for, for this amount of money. And when I did that calculation, that was a big old wet slap in the face. So I determined it was time to change my life forever. And the dream was finally going to come to fruition and that I had had in the back of my mind for years. Even when I was hired at the school, the principal at the time, a wonderful man named Peter Ledeen, he said to me, Asa, what would you want to do? Like, what, what do you want to do after this job? Where would you want to go? And I said, oh, I'm not going to stay in education. When I leave this job, I'm going to be starting my own business. That I know. I will not work for somebody else. I'm going to start my own business. And that was in 2012 when he interviewed me. So now fast forward, it's 2017, and I'm going to be turning 50. And I made the plan. I said, this has to change. I'm going to change. The only way it's going to change is if I do something different. And I had to step out of line. I had to do it myself. I had to get out of the queue of wanting to belong so badly doing something versus being an outcast, leaving something that was so familiar because my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health was at the bottom yet again. Isn't that interesting? The person that says that they're so in tune with <laughs> patterns, I cannot see my own. I had recreated the same lifestyle that I had to run out of America for. See, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters who you are. Man, I get these lessons over and over and over again, and I swear <laughs> the timing between my lessons is getting shorter. So thank God there is actually some improvement. Progress, not perfection. Progress. I told you I was going to be completely honest on this show with you. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to fear, right? Whatever we hide, whatever we fear, we're also always going to bring back to us because that's the law of attraction. That's how universal laws work. But now that I can see myself from an observer position of Okay, Asa, now you've had all these medical professionals tell you you've got these problems. You've got to do something different. Am I willing to take the risk? I said, hell 
Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come what may, God is on my side. I have my husband who loves me, my mom, my family, my friends. I have a lot of support. Just give me a minute and I'm going to figure this out. Makes me have to take a deep breath right now. So where have you had the opportunity, maybe where you had something presented to you that was so extravagant or so over-the-top amazing that immediately you thought, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God, it would be great. Yeah, it would be terrific if I could, but nah, I can't do that. It won't work. Now, there's too many other things. i got so many other things to think about. I mean, what would my neighbor say? Could you imagine if they think I'm sitting at home doing nothing all day long? I mean, what is my family going to say? Okay, to this day, I don't even think half of my family members even understand what it is that I do every day. And this has now been five and a half years. So what I feared the most when I finally determined the fact that it doesn't matter what anybody else says, what matters is that I have peace in my heart. If I don't like what I'm doing, if I don't like who I'm spending my time with, if I don't like who I am, who's responsible for changing that? Hola, que tal? Me. I am the one that is responsible for myself. Period. 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 So for you, where in your life have you got potentially a window, a little window where you are thinking, oh my goodness, imagine if I could do that. Imagine if I could remember how young I was when I wanted to do that. I had a dream when I was little and I used to love to dance. I used to love to sing. I used to love to act. Whatever your dream was, whatever your dream was, is there still any magic to that? Is there still any kind of a spark in your heart for that? Or is there a place that you have still space in your life where you can help somebody else? If this is what I have found to be so true for me, when I sit in my own head far too long, then I need to drop down to my heart and start looking around me and start seeing, okay, I need to either get out of my house, I need to go for a walk, I need to call somebody, see how they're doing, check in with people, check in with my mom, check in with friends, check in with old clients, see how you're doing, how is everything going? I have to get out of myself, I have to get out of my own way, because when I start going back to looking at other people and how can I be of service and where am I needed right now, who needs my love right now, then all of a sudden everything in my life just falls right in, almost like it's a puzzle piece, like things just start coming easier. And that is my, that is my modus operandi right now is to let it be easy. If you know Susie Moore, she's an incredible person, follow her on social media and she's written books, but let it be easy. Let it be easy. How can I let my life be more easy? Why do I overcomplicate things so much? When I could just leave it, not try to fix, manage, and control it, which is my 
very natural state of being to try to do that. I'm trying so hard now to focus on, well, maybe that's not my job. Maybe I do need to stay in my own lane and stop trying to fix everybody else's life. How about you start looking at some of your own patterns, girlfriend? Thanks. Okay, stop talking to me like that. (laughs) Yes, this is how I spend my life. I literally talk to myself all day long. (laughs) When I'm not talking to my clients or I'm not talking to my family or friends or total strangers on the street, then I'm doing this. That might be insanity. I don't know. I don't care. I enjoy my company. And see, now isn't that nice to be able to say that I enjoy my own company? How long did I live when I didn't even want to be alone? I couldn't even look in the mirror, remember? That's what I told you before. I didn't even want to look myself in the mirror because I didn't even like who I was. If I wasn't even liking who I was, do you think maybe instead of pointing the finger at everybody else and what they're doing wrong, that you can take a minute or a year, which it ended up being, looking at myself and saying... Oh, God, I've got so many personality traits that have become so dominant that are so ugly, unlike who I am in my truest nature. And is that coming from society? Is that coming from the people that I'm hanging around with? Where does it start? Where does it end? It starts with me. It ends with me. So today, I'm going to leave you with, do you have any kind of stress symptoms in your life that Really, you know inherently in the back of like the little niggle in the back of your neck, like, oh yeah, I know something's wrong. I really need to do something about that. I should really maybe talk to somebody about that or maybe I should change that behavior or that habit because, listen, toots, if we do not help ourselves and help one another, then what is this all for? I'm telling you, slowing down, taking my breaths, connecting with nature, grounding myself in the nature. I went out in the moss today, got myself, collected myself back, got my head on straight. I feel terrific. I feel able to sit and speak to you from my heart with my heart open. And I send you love from Vested West this day and every day. And please feel free to send me any feedback, remarks, comments at people at gmail.com. Or you can write me a comment on my website, moremosstothepeople.com. I would love to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Take good care of yourself. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moss to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast without him. This would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson, may he rest in peace, who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.